Welcome to Nerdables episode 448. This week we discussed the latest episode of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. We also discussed Andor's latest episode, She-Hulk's latest episode, and we discussed Marvel's Werewolves by Night. And we also talked about the Marvel comic book announcements coming out of New York Comic Con. And finally, we discuss if Superman is going to make an appearance in Black Adam, is he's going to have his own movie again, and what happened to the Kevin Feige of the DCEU. So this is going to be Nerdables episode 448. Can Marvel make DC films, please? Welcome to Nerdables. I'm R.A. Joining me are Chris and Chris and Chris. Oh, there's another one. That's amazing. What? I have to do three different voices tonight. That's and Chris. Say. Last time I did a different voice, everyone said I was a racist, and so I'm probably not going to do that anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny is because... Last week you said that you know, we never get Mikey here on two, two consecutive nights. No, you're not going to have him for two consecutive weeks. And then you got, then you made Ethan leave. <laughs> Actually, Ethan's out at a, a party with a friend. Yeah, I don't think, I think you made Ethan leave because you give him such a hard time when he's here. I didn't know he had other friends. <laughs> so anyways, hey, um, last week we butchered. Wow. That was loud. It was loud. Last week we butchered the names from uh, Lord of the Rings. And that'll continue because I have no idea <laughs> who any of these people are except for the people that I already know. So what did you think of the, this last episode? It was good. It finally, you know, now that something's happened, the aftermath is more interesting than, you know, everything, the, the setup, which is all needed, but sure, we kind of hope that once something big happened it would be like okay where do we go from here so there are a lot of things that are character wise happening people are moving and we know there's stuff that needs to to get from here to there is all the the these people are moving to different places and displaced and finding the homelands that we uh we know and love from lord of the rings so well we were just talking about this before this is about midway through the second age. So there's still, you know, a lot of time before we get to, Oh, there's thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. It it is interesting to think of, um, when we think of times in between and these things, like when you think of the fact of, think of something like Egypt and Egypt remained kind of the same society for, five times as long as America's existed in their time. But we don't think of it as that because we think of everything, you know, we think of the pyramids and the Valley of the Kings being, oh, that was just like a year later. No, they're separated by decades. Yeah. You know, it's just like, we talked about this with the Beatles where we're just like, you think of the Beatles as a single entity. All of the music is, oh, that was the Beatles and it was all released at the same time Mm -hmm. in a way, like not consciously, but something in your head is just sort of like that all fits in a little area and you forget it's like, you know, a decade between their first and their last album or 20 years or whatever it was. And so there are very distinct stages for it. You think of when you learn about Rome Mm -hmm. and the Pax Romana, which was the Pax Romana was a, a, an era of peace that was 200 years. Yeah. That's as long as we've existed as a country. Mm -hmm. Well, now like, you know, 250 or whatever, but, um, but still it's just sort of like to think of that versus, where we're at now, that just that that time is is insane. It's when you think of, um, you know, of 
when I talk to people about the time of the dinosaurs and everything, this idea that man is separated from a Tyrannosaurus Rex by less time than the Tyrannosaurus Rex is separated from a Stegosaurus. Right. That's how long dinosaurs ruled this earth. Like it's it. The numbers are insane. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions and millions of years. You they're, think they're, they're like what two hundred and fifty million years apart. They're almost yeah something like that. The Jurassic era ends at something like 165 yeah. million years ago. And then the Cretaceous era ends at 65 million years ago, which means they're about 100 million years apart. Well, wasn't the Egyptian, the Egyptians were, their domination of that region was about 5,000 BC. Yeah. yeah. The the pyramids, the, the three big the pyramids there are separated by, th- you know, thousands of years. The pyramids were built while the Ice Age was in, was, was happening. Yeah. You know, when we get, when you go to La Brea Tarpets here in Southern California and you look at these creatures that they have bones of them, like, oh, this was 5,000 years ago. And then you realize, like, Egypt was, existed that long ago. Right. You know. Well, I went back. So after we butchered all the names last week, I started, I went back to re-listen to the Silmarillion. And, you know, you forget, it really talks about the passage of time and how, you know, just from the first age when when everything was being created to just a time when man wakes up is such a long period of time. Yeah, and it feels like you put all that time in there to really separate it from being Earth. Like, you can't, it doesn't right. really have an earthly, you know, it's like, oh, it's like medieval times. Like, no, the times are just kind of crazy. It's sort of like, you know, they put all these ages together, but it really is just a passage of time. We think of ages and it's like Marvel phases. It doesn't really matter. Yep. In the end, it's just a passage of time. One of these came before the other. But yes, trying to figure out where these characters are and how, just how much time. Sometimes you can't wrap your head around it. You know, the idea that this is a sealed door. We've seen a sealed door in Lord of the Rings as you see him fail to drop the ring into Mount Doom mm-hmm. and realize, oh, that's only a, you know, a few decades from where we are in the Rings of Power. Right. But also, oh, geez, it's like a thousand years ago at the time where they show the, the, um, the flashback, you know, and how long they've been dealing with this, this, this enemy nation, this Mordor. Yeah. You know, well, even, even when Sauron first comes into power and then is defeated, defeated the first time, there's a very long passage of time before he, you know, comes back into power to create the rings. Yeah. Before here. Yeah. That's it. That's, what it is here. This is when Sauron comes back. Um, and that the first time he's in power, there is no Mount Doom. No, it's just, it's just him. And well, he's, he, he, he is the Lieutenant in the North. Yeah. Um, the great pyramid of Giza was built in two, uh, 2570. Shit. 2570 BC. It was in the fourth dynasty. So that's the fourth dynasty. Mm-hmm. Telling you how long, you know? Yeah. No, there's a, there's a ton of time. That's why there's so much there. That's there was a lot of stuff for the British to steal from Egypt, and because it was they were there for so long. Yes. Um. A lot of people have complained about the pacing of the show. It's slow in the beginning. There's no way around it. I mean, it's interesting, but it's slow because you've got to get. You get these shows. You, What's the number one thing I've always talked about when people complain about a movie? Oh, there's no characterization. There's sure. No characterization. There's no development. Nobody knows what the hell characterization is. Right. I, I think the lay fan has no idea. It's just, I know I don't like this and I don't like the character. So there's no characterization. Yep. So we've now gone into this flip side where you have creators 
and and production companies and studios, everything like, oh, we're going to overload you with characterization. Like, here's all these characters for nine episodes to try and figure out who they are. And then the bad guys attack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I, I got it. The, the one elf is good with a bow and he likes he likes humans. I don't need nine episodes before he tells the good looking Southlander woman like, hey, I want to be together. Like, I, I got that in episode one. I'm good. Yeah. You know, those shortcuts now seem to be not given much or fans aren't willing to take them. Like, oh, you just you just took those shortcuts. You just you know, didn't give any time. So you get a show like this. It's also the fact, like, you're not going to make four episodes. You know, we're going to give you the four episodes that everything happens. Yeah. But you can't do that for nine episodes either, because then you get into six episodes and you're going, I'm tired. Like, this is insane. We'll get to when we get to Andor, but people are complaining the same thing. It's just, it's too slow. Remember, well, we've talked about this. There's a pace to it. We've talked about this a long time ago, a lot, is that movies in the 70s and 80s, the way... They have that slow burn. They can never be made nowadays because the pacing of films has changed so much. Well, you can flip and say the movies are faster. Remember when we saw Never Ending Story? Yeah. And, oh no, it was, it was slower. That was the thing. It was like 40 minutes before he opens the book and right. we all looked at each other like, this could never be made today. It take 40 minutes mm-hmm. before he opens the book. We got Major Dad and, you know, um, I can't remember that gentleman's name. Um, Gerald McRaney, who was the father yes. and establishing all those relationships and where they live and all these things. It was, um, I saw Poltergeist last year for the first time. Poltergeist is very slow. Poltergeist is extremely slow. Willow is very but slow. Once stuff hits, it's like, whoa, this just, yeah, you know, and they do a lot of stuff that doesn't really explain anything. Yep. And the idea that that woman is perfectly fine with chairs moving around in her house and she doesn't care. <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, move, bitch. What is wrong with you? After watching the uh, ILM. Uh, documentary mm-hmm. poltergeist t- is completely different now watching it well yeah it's kind of to see how they did it but i knew kind of some of those things when i was watching it. i'm like yeah, i can figure out how i kind of did this at the time the the house being swallowed up was yeah. the one that was really that would be the one that you 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 sort of like you don't think that's that hard but that's what cgi does for you yeah there's a scene in rings of power in which when they're in spoilers for everything in the destroyed vision or destroyed village, the destroyed village mm-hmm. that horse runs by with his back on fire. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, well, at least it's not real. I mean, that's definitely CGI. Yeah. At least the fire CGI. They just put like a, green well, that's what I was looking at it and they did a really good job. They probably just put a green blanket on his back. Oh, totally. You know, and just had him go through. Cause you know, you see some of those TV shows where they take a building and you know, they blow it up and you can see the fire and stuff. And it looks CGI. Yeah, the the horse it looked really good. Yeah, um, it's probably a re horse with a, a real horse with a, a green blanket on it. Well, sure. I mean that's I mean that's what they did. The <laughs> the joke has always been one of the hardest things to do in Lord of the Rings is in um, Return of the King mm-hmm. when the horses are headed towards the uh, the the outpost city with Faramir. Yes, couldn't keep him in line. Yeah, you know all the Rohirrim, they're just like couldn't keep in line. So they they shot like maybe six or seven horses, and then they literally just copied it and repasted it. Oh yeah, you know as it goes through, and then they kind of they change the shading on the colors and stuff like that because you're just seeing the front, the bridle, and the right. horse head. You don't really see the character on it. So they were able to do that. It's always kind of funny, dangerous. I don't think so. He just lost a bunch of games on his own. Um, it's just funny to think of all the stuff that they did. It's like Jurassic Park. The hardest effect in Jurassic Park was the the, the water cup yeah. on the dashboard. They couldn't get it to work. They were going to CGI it, 
it ended up being one of the, I think it was one of the production managers, puts a, a guitar string up below it and just plucks it. Yeah. He's sitting in the dashboard, just boing, and it would do it. Well, that, yeah, to get it to, to, to have to, that To start perfect. it from, the, yeah, because the concentral circle from the middle has to be an impact a very large impact that affects the ground all at the same time. Right. You can't do that. Like if you hit, if you hit the car, it's going to be from whatever side you hit the car Correct. from. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Um, but it's, it, it was slow to get to this point, but all you want now is once something happens, it just keeps going. And, you know, as I said, there's all these things happened last, the last episode, we get a major battle. We get the, why they're digging the tunnels you know, the extra orcs and all this other stuff that, that, that happens. All you want now is for there to be the fallout keeps moving and it's here. We have things that happen to a lot of different characters. Um, the fate of some characters we don't know yet. We know what the next move is for the Numenor, for the elves, for, for everything. And so it's now sort of, it, it's not necessarily a, a action packed episode, but the plot is moving and the characters are moving into their arcs. What happens with Galadriel? What happens with the Regent queen? What happens with Isildur's father? Mm-hmm. Um, what happens with Theo, the elf? Yeah. But what we really don't know is who the, uh, the Aztec, the nomad and the, um, what's the dweller are the three, um, the w- three white witches or whatever they are. Oh Yeah. I'm t- when I saw the when I when I flipped it to start it and they have that picture on there, and I realized I'm like, they showed up like four episodes ago and I don't remember them yeah. at all. So yes, you don't know what these 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 people are and they they do pose a threat in here. They're not nice people. No, um, we just know that they're chasing the the the, the stranger. Yeah, the stranger is, is called in the credits. Yeah, which a lot of people are assuming is Sauron come back. Because Sauron is a shape shapeshifter. He, you know, he did take on shapes and take on a human form that uh, he deceived, you know, humans and elves. The and two things in this that, that it's always been kind of funny because they don't necessarily tell you that you're going to see Sauron. It's no. just how this kind of power starts. Mm-hmm. I remember what we think of as Sauron, we think of in the flashback as a character, but as a, as a, as a being. Right. And then you see him later when he fights... Um, Aragon, but he's mostly just an entity as an eye. That's just it. Within Lord of the Rings, yeah, he's just like a power that's there. He's like a, you know, he's like the spirit of Palpatine that that you know is in a clone much later or whatever. Yes. So within the Silmarillion, you you realize you learn that he is you know he's basically a. I forget if they say he's an elf or if he's human or that type. You know, he he's an Eldar that learns to use magic and become a sorcerer while he's off being a lieutenant, you know, and where you don't even hear about him. All of a sudden he can, yeah, the know, idea can control is that werewolves he does, and stuff. He does come back. And that's what this, you know, even Lord of the Rings was that his power is growing. Right. The reason he needs the ring is to get the ultimate power and then he can take a physical form even, but even easier or whatever. But so then there's it's just, the, and that's the thing. And I, I know a lot of people read the seminar, and I'm so happy for him. I don't want to know anything about that book. I want to be able to just ex- explore this as it's given to you. Did you notice though? I think the creators made this with the very real, the the realistic idea that a lot of people didn't read that book. So here's everything in front of you, and it's just sort of like I don't need to know everything that happens. When they bought the rights, they bought the rights to the second age of the Silmarillion. The first age they could not buy the rights for. 
course, they spent $250 million to buy the rights for this. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not made for anyone who read it. That's the Correct. thing. And it's not, I mean, the Silmarillion is, you know, there, you'll get bits and pieces from that for this, yeah. but a lot of that is not, it has nothing to do with this. It's all before this happens. Um, right. Did but you it, notice? Gives the, it gives those clues to where you're going. That's the thing is if you're is watching it, this, if you're someone who, who never watched Lord of the Rings, this would be very interesting because you wouldn't know who Isildur is. You wouldn't right. know who Galadriel is. You wouldn't necessarily know who the uh, the Numenor the Numenor are right, and where these things kind of take place. It is fun with those kind of pieces, but it's also I described it in here when the building falls on Isildur. I know he's not dead, right? You know, unless something they, you know, I said that they may do something wacky where Theo becomes Isildur at some point. Yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, I like that name. I'm just going to take that and I'm going to become the king or whatever. So you have your thoughts. Or he takes that name as the king. You know, I said that these people of the Southlands, as they re, um, as they're relocated and reform, I think they're the ones that form the the kingdom of Rohan. Yeah, and we'll see. And that's the fun of it. You kind of kind of put it together on your own from what little you know. Did you notice that the the bald headed one of the witches, the aesthetic, the aesthetic her um, staff looks like the eye of Sauron. Yeah, I thought that was a real cool little touch. But, you know, and there are going to be some things in this that are, that are going to be explained out. Some things are just going to be Easter eggs, like, you know, we had all throughout Lord of the Rings and throughout all of these different types of media. Something like that could be could be related to the story, and it could just be, hey, we needed a, you know, a topper for her staff. Here's a cool idea. Let's see yeah, if anyone might, notice. It's something that might give you a clue, like, when you're watching, like, yeah, they're, they're probably not here to help anybody. You know, because they have, they, they kind of have that look. It's just like making a character, put a character in black or put a character in white. Yeah. How do you know the good guys and the bad guys in Star Wars? Well, one of them wear black and one of them's in a white, you know, key tunic on Tatooine. And one of them wears both. Right. And he shoots people with, with no cause. Just Well, it's just, the cowboy hat. Just shoots them right in the, you know, the bad guy wears black mm-hmm. and the good guy wears yeah, a white hat. Like for a long time. They literally use that color scheme in Star Wars. And the one character that's kind of on the fence, they give them both. Yeah. Or, you know, or they, you know, now we, we see them switching it up. Oh, you see somebody in white, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they're the good guy. Or like with um, yeah, but that's, it's, Wakanda it's just Forever. Like when you go to, I still watch that trailer, so don't tell me anything. No, no, I just um, meant that the, the funeral procession, they're wearing white instead of black, which is an interesting choice. Because they are black. <laughs> well, yes. That's also for them. It's more of a celebration. Well, the, the color black would be a... It necessarily wouldn't be mourning. It's something to be celebrated because of the Black Panther. Right. You literally have a character who dresses himself completely in black who's your protector. Right. So having, I think, wearing black at a funeral in a society where that's your most important character. Or color. most important thing. Yeah. Is, okay, never mind. We don't, you know, we, we need to wear something else because it's not something to associate that yeah. with. Yeah. Um, White because of colonizers would be a very bad color for them, so <laughs> that's why they would. They were, that's why they would wear it. Uh, so season two has started filming for Lord of the Rings, the Lord, the Rings of Power, and it's moving from New Zealand to the British Isle, which is very interesting because it's so connected. It was interesting to to. I told you before we recorded. I'm I watched last night. Now. <laughs> I'm not sure what I saw that has changed my algorithm to give me all of the Lord of the Rings stuff. But last night they had, um, it came up in my, you know, recommendations during the pandemic, Josh Gad hosted for charity, this, uh, reunited by zoom 
series. Right. And the fourth one is Lord of the Rings. And everyone is all on it. Yeah. It's all four hobbits. It's Gandalf, uh, Eowyn, um, Eomer, Gimli, uh, Legolas, the director, Peter J. And the idea, one of the things that Ian McKillen says is one of the reasons he wanted to do it was he wanted to go to New Zealand. Right. He said he got it. That's what it was. I watched something on like a retrospective that he did, you know, like the actor studio or something, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they talked about Lord of the Rings for it. And he, he had said like, he was supposed to be, he was supposed to be in a Tom Cruise film. He's supposed to be in mission impossible. Yeah. And he couldn't do it. And once it started delaying, cause he was going to come in later or whatever, he was going to play one of the, I think he was playing whoever the, 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 you know, the British person that runs it or whatever, some liaison for the mission impossible force. Okay. Um, like an MI6 but, type? Yeah, something something like that. There's, there's some character that's in it. It's it's another like big British actor that's in it. Right, okay. Anyway, the, but the point was, as it kept getting delayed, he said, I can't do this. And so he didn't do it. And it made him available to not only do Lord of the Rings, but to also do X-Men. Oh, wow. Because he wouldn't have been able to do either of them if it wasn't for, if he wasn't doing Mission Impossible 2. And I said, and you Mission, can't think of him well, uh, think those of, movies think of without him. Mission Impossible 2 has... <clears throat> two made two huge influences on two separate franchises. Yeah, Lord of the Rings by allow, allowing Ian McKellen and X Men by now allowing Sir Ian to do it and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, because Hugh Jackman was supposed to be Doug Gray Scott. So one of the reasons Ian McKellen accepted it. You mean Wolverine was supposed to be Doug Gray Scott? Yeah. What did I say? You said Hugh Jackman was supposed to be Doug Gray well, Scott. Well, yes. <laughs> the role Hugh Jackman took was supposed to be. No, I understand. It's just... Well, it's just like um, Viggo Mortensen was supposed to be. Uh, oh, who the hell was it? Yeah, I know. Um, it was the guy from *Leo Extraordinary Gentleman* who played uh, Mark Twain or whatever? He was. Uh, it was Dor- He was Dorian Gray in *League*. Yeah. Jeez, um, what's his name now? I lost it. But anyway, he was the one, and he literally got fired on set. And they had Vigo come out and do it. And the only reason Vigo did it was because of his kid. Right. His kid was like four or five years old, or not four or five. He was. He was younger, and he loved it. And he says, "You got to do this." And he hadn't read it. He read it on the plane over, or at least started to. And he got there and he really loved it. But Ian wanted to do it because of New Zealand. And he talks about, you know, one of the last questions that Josh got asked him, like, what do you take away from this? And, you know, Elijah's like the brotherhood and the friendship that we have. You know, they all have the same tattoos. Stuart Townsend. Stuart Townsend. And um, Ian talks about how lovely, he's like, I'm so glad I got to to not only see New Zealand, but to live in it mm-hmm. for more than a year and experience the people and the culture and everything for it. And a lot of them were like that. And, one of the things they mentioned was, um, so at the end they do trivia and it's Taika Watiti comes in to ask the questions. Oh God. Cause he's from New Zealand yeah. also. And so is Peter Jackson. And Peter says, you know, one of the things in Taika will, will do this. It's a huge production with a ton of money. They asked him what the secret was to do that. And he says, you just start shooting. And then that way, as you get into it and you've already shot a lot and then you tell them it's going to cost this much more to finish it. They're like, well, we, we're, we're in, we're pot committed. We've, we've, we've already yeah, shot we've already, 90%. Sure. We've already spent a, you know, $100 million on it. What's $110 million more or whatever. But they talked about, he said that it was, um, it, it was a huge production, but it also felt like an independent Kiwi film. That everyone was so close and that. They kept people on set. They kept the people that were building the weapons and building the armor. Mm-hmm. And those guys were there for the shooting because things had to be changed or whatever, but everybody knew who they were. Right. The fact that he brought Howard Shore out to New Zealand. He's like, I want you to see what we're doing 
as you're thinking of composing themes for this mm-hmm. and we're able to play the themes for them for the actors and the director while they're shooting you know it's just to kind of come up with something that's like oh this is going to be the Rohirrim thing right. this is going to be the Shire and that's that was the big thing he says he did the theme for the Shire so early that there were scenes that were shot in Hobbiton that Elijah Wood's like, I can hear the theme in my head yeah. as I'm acting with Ian or I'm acting with um, Sean Astin. Um, There's a couple other pro- projects that have done that now where they're putting the music. Yeah. Well, it's so much faster. Yeah. I'm sure the music was very big in Werewolf by Night, which we'll talk later because the person who did the music is the person who directed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like that, it's interesting to have them move because it's such a new zealand australian project well but i so see a lot of people it. there's so many people they're going well that's they're doing it because they have to cut costs because it's not doing as well as they thought it was that's not true you know there there's the money's, been, already the money's been spent the money's still being spent and this is going to be five, uh, five seasons they're moving it because they're showing different parts of middle earth and they want it to look different than what you've been experiencing. Yeah, and it, and it could be something where it's just like they want it closer to something that it, it maybe a lot of these actors are like, I don't want to be in New Zealand for this long. You know, you never know. Most of the actors are British. Yeah. You know, or at least European. No, I just thought it was interesting that now we have the season finale coming, so we, it's, it's an eight-episode eight, eight episode season, uh, which is not bad. For this, you don't it's want to It's weird to, to think be... it's, only, it's already been seven weeks. Yeah, that's what that was a weird thing. I think the weirdest thing is for all the stuff that we're liking and 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 really looking forward to, the longest of them is a Star Wars series. Yeah, that has a long first season for a for an internet show like this. Um, speaking about Andor, Andor, let's just go to it. Um, a lot of people felt this episode was not a standalone episode; that it's only there to set up another episode. But you can say that about every episode. You can say that with. There's Until you a, get to a season ender, everything is a, is, a, is a setup episode. There's a lot of people that are just so over this show because they say it's just too slow. I can see that for people. It's it's a much... There's a different vibe to this show. There's a I love this show. There's a different tension to it. Um, so it's not... You know, when you watch this and then you look at something like... I didn't realize... Never mind. Um, I'll tell you later. Okay. Um... It's it's very different for Star Wars. Yeah, it's very different than Kenobi. Like it's Kenobi was bang 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 to me. It was like let's go. To me, this feels more like Solo. It doesn't move as fast as Solo either. So Solo moves faster, but you get to speak. You get to experience more of the everyday life in this Star is, Wars. This really is who these characters are in the formation of the rebellion. But it, and it gives you. The different types of people, you get the people that are in Coruscant Mm -hmm. who are fighting from a position of power and you have the people living in the hills that are about to attack an Imperial base. You know, there's this very different of who they are and the different things that they're struggling with. I think the, I think the people that are um, complaining the most about the pacing are people that have never read a Star Wars book. I'm not going to generalize it that it's people that expect it to be faster. And look, that's what George Lucas wanted. They want lightsabers and blasters. They, no, they wanted him. They wanted what George Lucas gave you. Everything needs to be faster. George Lucas had one direction. It was faster, more intense, faster, more intense, faster, more intense. This show would be driving Lucas nuts if he still bothered to watch any of this. And I don't think he does. So I just... Empire moves slower. Empire moves slower. 
He didn't direct it. That's true. There's a reason why Empire moves slower. Oh, there's a lot of people that complain that uh, Phantom Menace if moves you, slow. If you start to... Phantom Menace moves quick. Well, they're talking about like the, the Senate that, proceedings and everything. and that, that's, that's because there were too many words in it. <laughs> and they didn't understand any of it because it was... It is still like, what do you mean? You don't legalize blockades. That's why they're a blockade. They're all illegal. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's... If you go back and really through all the different times of, of how the making of the original trilogy is mm-hmm. Lucas never wanted to do the second episode. Yeah. He never wanted to do five. He wanted to do f- four and six and that was it. That was the, that was the thing. He wanted to move it and move it and move it and move it and move it. So you get stuck in this where they're like, no, we got to do something different. We got to do something new. He turns everything over to Irvin Kirshner. He lets Lawrence Kasdan write it with him. The dialogue is not his. Oh, you definitely. A lot that. of the dialogue is not Lawrence's either. Um, a lot of the dialogue is Carrie Fisher's. And Lawrence yeah. got pissed off at that, apparently. But there's 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 a lot of stuff. And, and Kirshner was very much like, let's slow it down. Let's let it breathe. And remember, everybody hated it when it came out. Mm-hmm. You go back and look at the reviews, and even, even professional reviewers were like, what the hell is this? This yeah. is not the movie we just saw. In hindsight, and when you have a third one, and you can put them together, it's a needed break. When you're watching yes. 12 and a half hours of it, you're like, this is the setup I need. You really, when I was a kid, I had no, I never understood what the hell the power structure was between the Empire and the Rebellion. Although they're as named as such, I should have. But as a young kid, I didn't. You know, you wanted the good guys to be the powerful guys. And you wanted the bad guys to be the not so powerful guys. As in the rest of, you know, every other entertainment we had where right. Cobra was just a bunch of morons. The Decepticons were terrible, you know, whatever. They're all stupid and morons and stuff like that. Skeletor was a yeah. bumbling yeah. idiot. Um, that's the main, and, and that, watching He-Man shows that real difference. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, I'm a bumbling fool. And then the second one is like, I just murdered a whole bunch of people or whatever. I have ultimate power and I've done all this stuff. And it's like, what the hell just happened? Well, that's why even with uh, G.I. Joe Resolute, people were like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, because, you know, well, Cobra. Renegades. Renegades was even more. I mean, Renegades. What did I say? Resolute. No, Ren- you know, Resolute, Resolute has it yeah. too. Res- Resolute is them invading Washington, D.C. Yeah. Telling me, but no. But Renegades, yeah, put Cobra in power. Yeah, Cobra has an idea of a, a legitimate company right. that's also doing bad things but hiding it behind a legitimate company, which is the way we view every company now anyway. You know, we know we know that ConAgra has a bunch of bio soldiers that are made out of soy or whatever, <laughs> right? Um, but I, it, it's if you're going to tell, the sto- this, this is what Star Wars excels at. You can tell any story in that universe because it's a universe. Yes. Not everything has to be what happens with Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. It can be there's this giant rebellion that happens and it's not the two of them. It's not the four of them. Right. It's not, you know, Leia and and Luke. It's not just Mon and General Maydeen. It's all these different people. We get people added to it. A few years ago, we didn't think Harrison Dula would be a big part of it, but she's been a huge part mm-hmm. of the expanded universe of being a major part Canon of the rebellion. Universe. Yeah. The, the, the comic book and everything. She's a general for a reason. The video games. The, video, the, the, the alphabet squadron places her as pretty much in charge of the entire rebellion, taking on the remnants of the empire. Yeah. That's her, that's her, her mandate, you know, all that stuff. So it's just been, it's been like fun. She to becomes fleet this. commander pretty much. Yeah. She's, she's in charge of a group that that's when she's doing the stuff for alphabet squadron. Like, Oh, I got to go over here because, I got to go stop these people or whatever. Um, and so it's it's interesting to me to get a different type of story and it shows us different sides. I think people, it does, I, it's weird to see have people be like, oh, it's paced so slow. 
each individual episode moves so quickly. You I'm get little snippets. You. Like Cyril's story, what do we get? We see him like six times for a total of three minutes. And we get these little 30 second scenes. Boom, boom, boom. And like, where is this leading? And I think that's where a lot of it is, is you can't really see. For me, I've put together what I think is happening. And I'm happy enough with that. And I'll see what happens one way or the other. So, but I think a lot of people don't. They're just seeing like, where are you taking me with Cyril? And I think Cyril, to me, is they're setting up that dichotomy between how someone like Andor gets brought to the rebellion, which is basically as a mercenary, not necessarily believing in the cause. Mm-hmm. And someone like Cyril, who sees the Empire as an enemy because it stops him from being just as bad as the Empire. You know, the things that he expects, the law and order and, and bring order to the galaxy and all these things. That's the, the thing when you're, you're talking about Anakin is all these things. He thinks he's going to bring order to the galaxy and it all goes wrong because eventually what he would realize, and it's probably a story that we'll see at some point, it's it's kind of in the Darth Vader book where Anakin's like, what the hell is Palpatine doing? Right. Because he's sowing chaos still just by having these different entities within the Empire exist. And these soap opera dramas and these, you know, this stuff and this, where's the order? Where's the the single institution of good guys to Anakin, Mm -hmm. people who hold power and use it correctly to make sure everyone's in line and everyone's safe. And that's kind of what Anakin was going for. And he sews in these, these kind of different things. It makes me think the end of, um, Lords of the Sith a little bit differently where they're, they're on Ryloth and he's sent in to kill all the Twi'leks. He's sort of like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, he's not necessarily, it wasn't him going like, I don't think we should go in there and slaughter all these people. They just need to live under our thumb. No, just go kill them. Yeah. Just go kill all of them. Kill the children too. But that changes. You, you're good at that. That really so. changes when you get to Kenobi and he walks into that village and just slaughters oh, yeah. everybody. But it's um, for a purpose. He's trying to find someone that he believes sure. to be an agent of chaos. Um, Cyril, I I think he's going to end up in the ISB. I still think Cyril joins the rebellion. I think he's so pissed off at the at the Empire and authority in of, in and of itself that he ends we up. We did get rebellion. our first Jewish mother son relationship in Star Wars with them. Him and his him and his mother's relationship is very interesting because she expects him, and and that's where I can see I I can I can see where you have a point about him joining the rebellion. Both of them are in a spot where they don't, both him and Andor end up in a spot where they don't know what's next. Sure. They don't, they don't know what to do. You know, they talk about prospects. What's the prospect that Andor has? He's trying, he owes money to everybody. The girl he likes is just, just mess. And then he, he kills a Corsac officer and it's just like, what the hell? What, yeah. what am I going to do now? He's, he's crying. Everyone's chasing him. People are chasing him for money. Corsac's chasing him to try and stop him. His girl's trying to change who he is. All of this stuff, there's a rebellion out there already that Bix is a part of that he doesn't know about. All these things are there. That's where Cyril is now. Well, he's Cyril, everybody live expects with him to be a certain way. He goes home to be with his mom on a planet he's not on, you know, he's, he's far removed from where he was. I think he ends up joining the rebellion. And where he is, I think, is really important because I think he becomes a part of Mon Mothma's group. Why else have him on Coruscant at this point? I could see where he yeah. ends up. I can see where he ends up with Mom Mothman because whoever the uncle is may work him into. The uncle's a part of the rebellion too, because it seems like he's he's doing something illegal, so he's, he could be a part of it. I think he gets hired to kill Mon Mothma's husband, who's a dick. 
Her family is just completely disjointed. And that's sort of the same thing. She's in a spot where nothing is working for her. Right. You know, she wants to be a senator. She has a family. She tries to be a mother. And and none of it's working. And so it is like, I'm going to tear down everything, including my family. I'll leave my family for this. I think one of the most interesting characters and stories that's in the books is when we get to Nora's um, story in... Uh, what's Chuck Wendy's thing? Uh, uh, Aftermath. Aftermath. Where the idea that she abandons her son to yeah. fight in the rebellion. And it is like, oh no, bringing you with me would have been dangerous. Yeah, right. but you, left, you still left me. Like the rebellion was more important to you than me. That's the figure everybody wants is Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones would be nuts. <laughs> um, they could make all those, those plastic bones that they were going to do for the Rancor and put them on it. But I think that's, that's sort of the same thing here with Mothma is... Mothma will her family we need to establish that her family sucks so we understand why she abandons her family to become a part of the rebellion yes or it's just you know she's the she's like I'm gonna rebel against my family my family likes the empire so I'm gonna destroy the empire and that makes it really easy yeah um, I do I don't understand what they're just like all these places that are making stuff and then they mentioned Jakku and I said I thought Jakku was like nothing right like Hosnian Prime and Corellia and these places that are making Starpath things. Oh yeah, Jakku too. What? Well, no, the, Jakku's a freaking wasteland. They noticed that there was activity, yeah. strange activity coming from Jakku. I was like, okay, we wanted to make it. Uh, that it's was literally. A, it's, it's, to me, it's that was almost that or, a, or Luke doesn't know that important planets are important because <laughs> he thought you know wherever there's a bright center of the universe, Tatooine's the planet it's farthest from. No, no, everything happens on this planet. And the same thing. I'm, I'm from nowhere. Well, where are you really from? Jack Koo. No, you were right the first time. You know, sort of the same thing. He doesn't know how important that planet is. Yeah. Well, Jack Koo plays a big part in Aftermath. That's what I mean. It's not, a, it's, it's not a nothing planet. But it was almost like they put that in there so people will stop saying, they're going to just disavow the, uh, the, the sequel trilogy. They're, that's, you, know, you know they're disavowing it. They're going to rewrite it. It's going to be some alternate universe. Nobody's paying attention to Mandalorian then. <laughs> um. What did you think of the connection between the rebel cell that he's that Andor's with? The one that figures out how to smuggle weapons out of China? <laughs> you hate those weapons. That drove you? me nuts. And that drove me more nuts to realize I got it wrong. They're not AK-47s. They're the Chinese knockoff. They're like yeah. KAs or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. But uh, still, I'm waiting for them to fire them to see if laser bolts come out of them or if they use them as slug throwers. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> What are we doing? It just and it's so it's just so well, easy, and especially when they put him against the E eleven there. But just when they scene. put him like he's got the blasters and everything in it, and so it's it is weird because someone had said that like, well, you know, all the weapons are based on real weapons in the original. I was like, yeah, but they changed them. They modified. Like yeah. I know the E eleven's a Sterling, and because it had the, the thing on the side, that really right. was it. George Lucas or the production designer was like, oh, that looks cool with the, the clip on the side. I can just turn that into a square, and then we'll just put a bipod on it for no reason. Yeah. And everything just to make it look more hefty. And there you go. And it's just weird to like this. And, and, you know, they didn't do it for Rogue One. All the rebel weapons are all, you know, like real weapons that are cut up into pieces. Yep. You can kind of figure it out. And I, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just pissed that I can't figure out the original. <laughs> because it, it's come close. The long rifle for the Sand Trooper is an MG. Yes. It's barely modified at all. Yes. But it's still, I was just sort of like, ugh. And every time I see it, and they keep using it. Mm-hmm. And she gets it. We're like, okay, now we're gonna go walk this way for no reason. I'm like, what? Oh, you're taking you're taking the, the machine guns. Yeah, do you have enough rounds for that? Do you have enough seven sixty two? 
What's up with you? What's going on? Come did on. you? There's a lot of people that are talking. God, did you notice this? Uh, they have to be so woke in this. Did you notice the subtle nod that that she's a lesbian and that they're, the girls are together? I'm like, no, I don't think it was subtle at all. I didn't think it was subtle, but <laughs> yeah, she's already ten, you know, tending up with somebody or whatever they said. Um, it's just I don't get that. Why we've gotten to a society where. Because it's people that feel like it's shoved in their face. And I, I get it to a certain degree because it really is like the important thing, not even important, but the part of it would be to stave off to tell the audience, oh, Andor isn't going to end up with this chick. Right. Because we're just telling her like, oh, no, she's already tenting with somebody else. And just yeah. Happens to be, you know, at the same thing you say, why is it the woman? You could say the same thing the other way. Like, why is it a man? What well, doesn't matter. Sure. And, you know, as long as it's someone that's in there. But I think it. Once they moved off together, I think it does matter because it puts her at a a disadvantage. Her her leadership keeping is compromised. them together. Yes. yes, keeping them together. She goes on that mission one way or the other. She's compromised. If she Correct. leaves them with the 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 with Andor's group, she's worried about her and she doesn't have any direct control over it. The flip side is taking her for whatever part of the mission they're running. She's not going to put her in danger. Correct. You know, it was the, the thing that, um, it was a Star Trek thing once with, um, if I remember right, Picard and, and Beverly with Dr. Crusher, because mm-hmm. they used to be romantically inclined. He's like, I can't have you on an away team with me because I can't lead. Right. I can't put you into a dangerous situation. And her sending like, you feel that way about everybody on the ship. It doesn't matter. You're going to yeah. make the same decision one way or the other. Um, I think it was interesting when they go up to signal the lieutenant and they were waving a flame. And that was the one thing that drove me nuts because I kept thinking, is he the only one that's looking, you know, that, yeah. that's looking at the night, you know, right now? Cause you can see that flame without having, yeah, you, you, might, yeah, you might as well just fire a flare. Yeah. And then they had a big fi- fire where their camp was. So, yeah. Well, the, the, the reason they did it this time, remember was because there's these pilgrims coming to that sure. site. So that was, because that's what the patrols are for. They're like looking at all the, the pilgrims right. that are going through. And so you had to hide the weapons, but not hide them when they're in the valley and the TIE fighter comes over them because that's who they're supposed to be. Right. Is we're just pilgrims that are headed to this religious festival. You know, it'd be like, you know, a jet craft going over the desert for Burning Man. Like, oh, look at look at all those freaks headed to Burning Man. <laughs> all he's going to do a... Uh... All, look at all those freaks headed to Burning Man. <laughs> oh, they did a really close flyby. Yeah, and then they do one that's like, hey, those guys are all in suits. Let's stop them. They're doing something. <laughs> no, we just want to sell water for nine bucks a bottle when we get there. Okay. <laughs> get it now. Um, I have no problems with this show. Uh, I do think it's funny, though, that everybody's so fixated with the, the background in Luthen's shop. And if those are supposed to be, that's that's the thing. That's what we all get to, though. That becomes the most important part. But if those are supposed to be holocrons in the background, they're really huge. Because you know, holocrons supposed to be able to fit in the palm of your hand. Well, those were like not the size all of, them. of hat boxes. You don't know. That's true. We it's don't true. have a thing. It's it's that's the same thing you do with anything with Star Wars. We don't know. Yeah, you can uh, have a holocron that's the size of a table. It's just like it holds a lot of information. You know, it'd be the same thing. Like you have a little, you know, a little. The thumb drive, or you have a big thumb drive right. because the uh, the item in sort of it can hold your information. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. If, if it's it, it's because if it could be the flip side, if it's not if there's not anything physical to it other than holding whatever's inside of it, whether it's some sort of you know mystic force power mm-hmm. or whatever relays that information, it could be the size of a die. 
Yeah. Or it could be the size of a softball. It doesn't really matter. If there's something that's like, look, you're going to get more information on something that's the size of a softball. You're going to get something more and more information for something that's the size of a basketball. Yeah. Then, yeah. You know, why is the Wavefinder bigger than a Holocron? Why does it have that little extra piece at the top? Because some production designers like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We need to make it differently so that it sits on the, the dash. Yeah. Of a, of a ship. Um. I think I, I see. I don't mind the pacing being slow, especially since they're shorter episodes. I wonder how different I would feel if there wasn't three other, four other shows I'm watching right now. Like if this was the only thing I was looking forward to. Yeah. I wonder if I'd feel it's even slower. I'm sort of like, well, I've got that. And then I've got rings of power and I got the, the, the incest show and I got she Hulk <laughs> And I got Beavis and Butthead. Well, it's like when I when I said, did you watch this, this, this? You know, the, I'm yeah. listing off like six things. And I'm like, wow, and that's not even a tenth of what I'm watching. Um, um, what was I going to say? There was something mm. I just thought of. Uh, oh, shit. What was it? Oh, the mm. ISP. The, uh, the blonde, the blonde officer. Um, what's her name? Blondie. Um, no, what's her name? Sergus Morgul. <laughs> Harry Potter. Sergus Morgul? Harry Potter. That does sound like a, uh, it does sound like one. Uh, I can't think of her name. Um, anyways, she's the one that's kind of getting the idea that the rebellion, and she's seeing more and more pieces of the rebellion. That the pieces of these, these illegal activities are connected. Yes. yes. Doesn't her lieutenant or her, or her uh, liaison, Look like he could be Tarkin's son. Tarkin couldn't have a son because he's super gay. <laughs> I know. But he, he looks like he could be Tarkin's son. You want something? Dude, if they put that in a show. <laughs> oh, my God. At some point, we're going to get a show using digital de-aging. Yeah. You know, what they did to get Tarkin onto Rogue One. Yeah. The technology has moved so much. You're going to get you know young Tarkin. Um, and he's going to be super gay. And fans are going to freak out. And then those of us that read... Uh, from a certain point of view, we'd be like, dude, we've known this for like 10 years. <laughs> right? Or we've expected this for 10 years. I still, I mean, he I, sent messages through a mouse droid yeah. to this one just and I always said, stormtrooper. Like, I don't have a problem with him being gay. I have a problem with him having a relationship with a stormtrooper. Yeah. That would be so beneath him, especially <laughs> when you read the Tarkin book. Although, when you think about it this way, like with um, Lord of the Ring, or not with Lord, uh, House of Dragons, or one of those shows, they're just going to pick some random. You, you mean nothing. Just come here. Let me bang you and get you. But that's that's. The but thing. that's not what happened with it. But also the fact that if you read the Tarkin book, that's not how he's presented. No, everything has to be perfect. Yes, it's it's someone he wouldn't bother with someone of such low station. It would be so beneath him. Yes, and to enter any type of relationship, physical or romantic or otherwise, he doesn't seem to be someone that derives pleasure from, you know, picking a, a like. If he kills him, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can see him, like, I'm going to bang you, and then I'm going to stab you in the head. That seems like, Or ship sure. you off to some yeah, desolate something planet. something like that. So that's just, a, it just never fit for me. But it doesn't matter. No, I, like I, I totally agree with you. I, it did feel, I didn't mind his sexuality. I just, my, it was just kind of how they went about it. That was just, it's out of character. Um, But no, I think that there's Out more. of character that they've already established. That's the big yes. thing. Like if this if the if it was just him in in episode four mm-hmm. and we didn't have a book that gave his origin and everything, 
I'd say, yeah, does that, of course that could be there. We don't have any clue that that would be like that. But the character that I read in Tarkin is not the character that I read in, in from a certain point of view, at least right. to me. Um, so anyways, the, with the ISB, ISB officer, ISB, she could end up being, uh, rebellion too. Mm, I don't think so. I feel like she's, she's probably, I don't know. We'll because see, we'll she, see. she's going head to head with the other guy that, you know, that's now yes. over top of the, or in charge of the planet. He's the one the sector that, that, that ended up getting rid of the corset guys too. Yeah. Oh, why, why are we only? So they're, you know, they're, oh, that, sorry. I just saw something. One of the actors that's in, uh, Andor was also in, uh, Peacemaker. Um, it's not, uh, James Gunn's wife, is it? <laughs> no. Let me show those photos of him getting married. Like, first off, like, oh, look, yeah, we get it. You, you went to some remote. You know, you've got enough to go get married next to a lake somewhere in like northern Colorado. Or but whatever. you have DC and Marvel people. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest crossover. Yeah, I'm like, boy, it's gonna be tough for her to find a job. I mean, I don't <laughs> especially since he puts family members yeah, in everything. Like, boy, she's like, oh, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna have at least Sean Gunn's career. I can, I'm gonna be in all these movies. James, no, no, take take the DC job. It's fine. <laughs> You sure? You sure the next Guardian's the last one? You know she's in the next Guardians. Oh, she's got to be. She's gonna be the bad guy. Well, speaking of Guardians, did you see that there was a petition to get um, Chris Pratt removed as uh, Star Lord? There's been tons of petitions to get Chris Pratt removed from everything. And James Gunn came out and said, "No, no, it's, <laughs> he's Star Lord. It's, it's this, this. You want to get him because he was affiliated with uh, um, an organization that hates gay people. Yes, and." It was brought up. Who was it? It was one of his coasters. I think it was from Parks and Rec. And they said, yeah. And he also said that he didn't realize that. And once he did, he quit. Right. Might have even been Anna Ferris. I think it was. It was just like, yeah, that's not him. Like, he was a part of it, sure. Because he is, you know, he is a religious person. And he gives uh-huh. himself a Christian and, and what have you. But once he found out what this, you know, stood for, he stopped. <coughs> he left it. Now, it's probably not that simple. It's also probably not as simple as he joined it because he really hates homos, right? You know, or anything like that. <coughs> and it's something where a lot of these people you really don't know. Yeah, I mean, you think Chris Pine's a great guy, but obviously he did something wrong for Harry Styles to spit on him. Like, come on, <laughs> God um, knows what the hell that story is. Well, did you see T.J. Miller said he's never going to work with with uh, Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> he said I'm never going to work with Ryan Reynolds again because he's just a major jerk and he he threw me under the bus. Yeah, they know, like, you were driving yourself. <laughs> like I don't, I don't necessarily believe T.J. Miller at all. You know, when that story comes out, and you're like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's uh, just so much, and we don't know, and and it is something where I've, I've, you know, I'm not outside of the idea of just enjoying what they do. And not worrying about too much of who they are until, you know, it's the same. It's the thing like, oh, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. Right. You still watch a Kevin Spacey movie. He tried to rape a 14 year old kid. Yeah. Like, that case no. is still going on. The matter of fact, they just had yeah. He just walked out of, yeah, he just walked out of the thing. That's what made me think of it. It was like, oh, yeah, he's still on trial for that. Yeah. And then the difference between that, I mean, the, the accusations that were levied against George Takai, which proved to be false, were yep. sort of the same thing that he, he basically kidnapped somebody, locked him in his room. Yeah. You know, in his apartment. 
Well, look at those James Gunn had, you know, had James Gunn had stuff for saying something. Is that worse than, you know, Louis C.K.? Louis C.K. is working again. Okay, but we've had the discussion of J.K. Rowling. You get a discussion of J.K. Rowling. Like, I, I, for me, it's, I can see you saying, like, I'm not going to support anything new that she does. Right. But to throw away something else, is it worth throwing away everything she's done? And I've always, I, I've kind of been of that, like, what's the message inside of it? I think the message that she created and the world she created in Harry Potter does not contain any outright anti-trans propaganda in the, in the material. Sure. And like I, I'd said online to someone who was struggling with it, I said to, to discount everything that, especially if you're like, oh, I'm not going to watch the movies anymore. I can't watch the movies anymore. And I said, you're, you're welcome to opinion. The movies weren't made by her. Yeah. They're made by Warner Brothers. A, a large group of, no, not even Warner Brothers. It's made no, by a large group of talented people who have done it. To, to, to deny what Daniel Ratcliffe and Emma Watson and Rupert Grant. Rupert Grant and all of them put together what the, what the directors did, what the screenwriters did. She didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, she took a pass at all of them, but that's not her script. Right. Especially when she get to three, I mean, three Alfonso Cuarón was like, I'm not even doing that. I'm going to rewrite it from the stop. One and two are pretty close on one and three. two are exactly on. And that's what Chris Columbus has said. Like I knew if I deviated more than like half a degree, I'd get roasted. And then by three, they're like, these aren't... Three changes a little bit. When you get to Half-Blood Prince, that's when it really changes. Yeah, but three had enough changes that that's the first time someone was like... Because the tone changes. The tone changes in the book, too. The tone, yeah, definitely. You know, but the idea that that was so different. And that's why I said, like, to, to discount what they took and made it. And then you get into where does it originate from and where does it go to. And, and then it's also like, how connected are you to it? It's right. easy enough. This is the thing that... Um, uh, P. Davidson said, "Like, yeah, I can give up Michael Jackson's music, no problem, I, or, or R. Kelly's music, but you want me to give up Michael Jackson? Yeah, like, what am, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, you know, like, what what are we doing? And, and it's kind of everyone's thing. I wouldn't go out and advertise it. Like, yeah, I love R. Kelly and everything he stands for. No, you know. Speaking of P. Davidson, his movie with uh, Kelly Coco Coco uh, is Kowoko. not doing very well on Am- on, on Apple or whatever yeah, this one." No, people he's are got actually a, he's saying got a, he's got a ton of money and he <laughs> always has hot girlfriends to bail oh, sure. him out. So B. Davidson is fine. He'll be fine. It'll be okay. It doesn't really matter. He did a movie with Kayla Cuoco. Good for him. <laughs> the people are saying that they, there's no connection. And they just, have you just, having anyone? His, the biggest connection that he's ever had is with Colin Jost on Weekend Update. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's, I mean, you know, we'll see what's, what's later. People like King of Staten Island. He did a great <laughs> King of Staten Island was amazing. <laughs> I still love that one where Sarah Sherman is in keep calling Joe's office on, on the weekend update. And she's showing the little affirmation post-its. I'm the real King of Staten Island. <laughs> um, she Hulk. No one had a problem with that. Oh, wait. no. Oh, wait. No, everyone had a problem. with That, <laughs> that episode of she Hulk was so good. I, really, I, I don't see why that episode's so much better than any of the others. If, okay, that's why you liked the others, you'd like this one. Correct. What it did to me was like it made me feel better about Charlie Cox coming back. You know, because I was someone like, look, if you're gonna write a whole new Daredevil. Right. And and they are, you know, he's they've they've kind of said like the Netflix stuff doesn't really count. We'll use right. the same actors, but it's not the same story. 
or we're going to retell their origin. Like, well, why bring Charlie Cox back? And then right. you watch it like, yeah, Charlie Cox is really good. <laughs> he really, he really, but it involves what they're, they're going for him. There's still a little bit of that Netflix daredevil there. Yeah, no, it's, well, it has to be. Charlie Cox is yeah. playing it. He didn't, he didn't like change the voice or change it where he's just like, I'm talking brooding. Right. I'm talking devil. You know, it's, it's daredevil. It's Matt. It's not as brooding though. It's not no, and and that's what the daredevil was, and, and it is because he's a manslot. I mean, <laughs> I love the people like show me the issue where she Hulk bangs Matt Murdock. Like there's like probably forty of there's, them. There's he yeah. plowed his way through the Avengers. Yep, male and female alike. Like him and Black Knight get it on like crazy. <laughs> no, they don't. But but it also brought me up the thing like it's a new story, it's a new thing. This is what I've asked for for years now. Mm-hmm. Don't give me the same goddamn story I already read. I don't know why people think that's the greatest thing in the world. I don't either. I don't either. Like, why not? Why don't you want something new? And that it goes back to Star Wars. Why the fuck are you so afraid of something new? Right. That, you know, if it fits, that's great. When I'm watching, you know, these reaction videos and watching popcorn in bed, free plug. um, One of the things when she watches the Mandalorian and she was like, it feels like Star Wars Mm -hmm. to me. And she's a newer fan. She hasn't watched it until a couple of years ago or whatever. But it's interesting for her to say that because I could say, like, yeah, one of the things with Andor is Andor doesn't feel like Star Wars, and I like that. Right. It's something that is kind of put into the Star Wars universe because, again, you can tell all these different types of stories. It feels different than Uh Obi-Wan. It feels different than Mandalorian. I think one of the problems with Book of Boba Fett is it felt like Mandalorian, and it wasn't Mandalorian until it became Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. So major events from the Mandalorian. (laughs) It's funny, as she's watching this second season, the one that I just watched, she was talking about, um, I know they're shooting a third season, but like, does he have the baby with him and this? And, and, and some of these questions like, you gotta watch Book of Boba Fett when you're done with this because then that'll answer all those questions. And it reinforces my idea. Like all the questions you have at the end of season two, because she has, you know, she knows where he's going and everything. She hasn't seen the end of it. And she was like, does he get him back to, to the Jedi? And does he go to Mandalore? And does he do this and does he do that? And I'm like, just just watch Book of Boba Fett because all those questions get answered. But then again, that goes to a problem that you've been w- worried about with all of these shows being on Netflix and or just being on Disney Plus and making movies is that you, you have to do one for the other. You have to do and one for the other. I'm, I'm shocked they did this because I can't see knowing... Knowing years of executive decisions, non-creatives, uh-huh. you know, producers and financiers and, you know, executive producers who don't necessarily, who are not shooting the film themselves, but help make the decisions as to Even what the writers, the, yeah, the overall project would be. What I always said for, for Doctor Strange 2 was, there's no way, I was wrong, so when I say this, just know that now I realize I'm totally wrong, there's no way that... Kevin Feige and people in that amount of power are going to be like, we can't force people to watch nine episodes of WandaVision to figure out why she's the bad guy in Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem to hurt it. So they made the right decision, but where does it not? And and this was even when they did shield, it was just, you went, you went through a whole right. season two with Coulson being the secretive, you know, and they're all mad at him mm-hmm. and you don't find out what it is, but even until age of Ultron, but also it was too, it was too connected because the first season is a waste of time. Sure. It's but funny, even, it just, even it just came up in my memories where I was like, this show is awful. I didn't name the show. And someone in the film was like, what are you talking about? And someone says, I think he's talking about shield. And I said, we have a winner. <laughs> that um, show was bad in the first season. It was awful. But even with the book of Boba Fett, you have to watch season two of the Mandalorian to really understand where season, where book of Boba Fett's coming from. There's three episodes. 
I guess two episodes where major points, obviously the Mandalorian episode is completely based on season two and the end, like what's the meaning of Grogu coming back? Well, you don't know unless you watch two seasons of Mandalorian, right. and you see their connection. Very so she Hulk. <laughs> so she, you know, it, it was good, but I, just, I, love, I, I don't get, would the, you have ever thought that you'd get leapfrog in the MCU at this point? Yes. Porcupine man's the one who's like, really? <laughs> I know. And the fact that he's nothing like the, the porcupine mind that I had read, which is fine. Again, you can use these kind of things. I think the, probably the biggest thing is I'm still not sure what this blood taking thing is. And then the second thing is they use the wrecking crew and just sort of abandon them very quickly. Yeah. You know, to make one of the wrecking crew like perfectly fine with her afterwards. Um, in last week's episode, and it was just sort of like that's a that's a major group of villains yeah. to just kind of spoil here, and and I think that's what some of these you know you use man pig or whatever bear man pig, man bear pig, um, <laughs> porcupine, and something like leapfrog to just be like yeah no one's gonna give a shit about any of these right. guys, but you f up the wrecking crew and now you have a problem yeah you know so it's just it's I don't know it's well we'll find out next week when. It, it's one of the things that but someone tells said. you. She kind of tells you, and then she goes, "Wait, you know, in this episode over, yeah, and, and that's it's it's all a cheat, and yeah. I think that's part of it. But there is someone that's just like, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, if you hate the show, you hate women. It's like I don't think it's. I understand people that don't like it because it has no central villain, it has no central plot. Correct. There's no thoroughfare through this at all. It is it is true episodic sitcom television. Yes. You know, just like you would sit down and watch Married with Children every week. There's no subplot. Correct. There's no, you know, every once in a while you'll get a, you get a little piece. It's like, if, you know, family matter, family, the modern family or whatever. Right. There'd be something that kind of is stirring in the background. And sometimes with those, they'll give you previously on and just yeah. so you remember that, oh wait, this did happen. Yeah. This is your, your previous on is always important. Cause it's like, oh, it's that guy we haven't seen for three weeks. I think he'll show up this time. Yeah. So did you like how they faked the hallway fight for daredevil? I they mentioned it. It was, it was obviously a, a little homage homage and it's just become something where all these these shows kind of have that oh uh, I, I was it was good i think I just, this show is brilliantly simple it's a show to watch and then not think about yeah you know that's why it's i think that's part of it is you can't really do nine weeks of youtube videos for it like you could for wandavision or you right. could for loki or something and i think that's where sort of this the vibe of of ugh, and anger comes from this is both this and Miss Marvel. You can't really do that for. We struggle for every week. What are we going to say about She Hulk? Yeah, that's good. The end. Like, what what else are we going to say? There's nothing. I mean, well, this I, happened. I like this it. happened because of this, and then these things are together. And this guy's Mephisto, and this you know whatever. <laughs> we don't have that here, right? But I really do like the fact that they're bringing in some really D and E level characters that you would probably never get to see. Yeah, but do Other you, than really, maybe do you really see them? Uh, you get a little bit of interactions with them. Yeah, but that's not the, that, that's not the character that's on the page at all. And again, this sure. goes back to, it doesn't have to be. Right. But if you're sitting there like, oh, I can't wait till they get the leapfrog. And then you get leapfrog, you're like, okay. But even when you... When what happens you when they give you stilt man? <laughs> but when you look at these characters, with even without... Without reading them. If you just look at the absurdity of, of the way that their costumes are and things like that. Well, that's the whole modern deconstruction is yeah. how stupid the 60s and 70s were. Right. We literally made a man who has porcupine quills on his suit. Yeah. 
a dude who did that and then went to rob banks, you know, or the flip side of, you know, the, the, one of the greatest things is in Avenging Spider-Man when he's in the Savage Land with um, um, Sauron. Yeah. Not Sauron. <laughs> uh, Dr. Kyle Lycos and, he's, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm turning people into dinosaurs. And Spidey's like, wait, you saying you can write rewrite genetics on the fly? Yeah. And you decided to make people into dinosaurs? Like, come on, you could cure cancer with that. I don't want to cure cancer. I want to make people into dinosaurs. The absurdity of that. You right. know, when you think of it now, I was thinking of the G.I. Joe theme the other day, you know, to stop Cobra, a uh, ruthless terrorist organization whose goal is to rule the world. Why would you want to rule the world? Yeah. That's a lot of work. Like, what, you know, so these kind of motivations that they have. You know, for something like Titania, Titania would definitely be someone with, with her power to be a social media star making totally. millions of dollars rather than I'm going to knock the back out of a bank and take right. a bunch of stuff that I can't use because they're marked bills and they're people's property. And I can't, I have to come up with a fence and I got to figure out how am I going to sell it on the black market. Yeah. And I have to launder this money. Yeah. No, you got to be kidding. No. I'm not thinking gladiator who has, you know, a bunch of saws and chainsaws on him or whatever is going to steal Cadillac converters. Right. You know, he's going to be like, no, I'm going to like go on as a circus tour and I'm going to cut up like, I'm going to cut up a car at a, at a thing. Like, check this out. There you go. Oh. Um, no, but, you know, even just looking at Leapfrog, you know, the absurdity oh. of it. It, would, you know, yeah. and it worked, you know. It worked for this show where you're probably, where you would never have to use that character, but you you got to use him where, you know, you're not going to You can you, point out the absurdity of it. Yes. You're not going to have somebody mag, oh, you got Leapfrog wrong. Yes. You know, it's not, it's not Mandarin. Right. It's not people are just like, you got Ben Kinsley to play Mandarin. And you made him into a joke. I'm like, wait till you get to Shang-Chi, bro. <laughs> wait till you get to Shang-Chi. He's coming back in another one too. In one of the uh, series. Yeah. Isn't he in the, whatever the next one is? I think so. Something like that. I know he's in one of them. Um, Oof. I think it's more of a, people going like, how's Ben Kinsley doing TV? <laughs> But even a lot of these actors don't consider this "quote unquote" TV. No, a lot of these actors have been considered TV TV for a while. Once you started seeing what people and friends made. Well, yeah, that but and the, that. And I, the can fact make, is, I, I can do twenty-two episodes, basically working forty days a year, and I make twenty-eight million dollars. Yeah, I love doing TV. But that and the fact that a lot of these shows now they're film, no, they're shooting them that, like they would a film. Yeah, you've got the production value for it, and it's also at this point you just want to work. Yeah. I mean, that's the, and, and it's not something, it's not going to salt your career. No. And also you know, the, there's 40 so years many ago, better scripts now than there used to well, be. Well, just 40 years ago, someone like Glenn Close would be like, I'm not doing Guardians. I don't care if it's two minutes. Right. I'm not going to be able to do, you know, the bunny killing one if I do this. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. You know, the, the, you can they break out from these kind of, yeah, you can, well, the bunny killing one. That's all anybody remembers. <laughs> um, you, you kind of, there isn't that stigma as much as it doesn't really matter. Okay. So Marvel dropped their very first holiday special with werewolves by night. This thing is going to be a thing. Well, we already knew guardians is doing a, a Christmas special. Oh, basically. I, I think you're going to get four of these next year. For yeah. Just, just, you know, like, you know what? I really want to do something cool with, um, you know, Hawkeye, but I don't want to do 29 issues. Yeah. Here's Hawkeye hunting in Colorado. Boom. I get an hour with Jeremy Renner. Go for it. Yeah. And these are one shots. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing that you would do in a comic book. It's like, it's, well, it's not going to fit. 
So I'll do it in an annual or I'll do it in something else. But Kevin Feige did say that this He said at D23 that he was like, this is going to happen more often. Well, he said it's going to happen more often, but he said this show also um, fits into the greater MCU or has ramifications into the bigger MCU. I doubt that. Outside After of, seeing it, I yeah, the only thing I could see that it has any sort of ramification is that they're going to use Man Thing again and Blood uh, and Bloodstone. I doubt it. What, what are you going to use her for? You can put her in Blade. Well, you got to figure out a director for Blade first. <laughs> That's true. No, you, it gives you a spot where you can drop in some characters that maybe you want to use somewhere else. Maybe you want to do what you ended up doing with Spider Man and Black Panther, saying we drop them into a movie. And we don't have to retell their origin, mm-hmm. or we don't have to really take nine hours to figure out why T'Challa is the king of of Wakanda. We right. saw his dad get exploded, right? By not the Winter Soldier. Um, he just breaks doors on. Set. It was great to have Man Thing though, because they've been trying to figure out a way to get Man Thing into the MCU for a while. Because remember, he he showed up in uh, as a as a uh, sculpture, uh, you know, in. Uh, in Ragnarok, he was one of, on the tower. They had Ares, they had Man Thing, and uh, there's one other one you could see on the big giant tower that was in. Uh, it was Betty Ray Bill, Scar. huh? Betty Ray Bill, yes. Man Thing wasn't on that. Yeah. No, it was Betty Ray Bill. It was the guy with two heads, and it was Ares. Are you sure? I guess where Man Thing showed up no, in something. I don't think we've seen Man Thing before. It would be interesting if he was, because then the idea that Man Thing is an alien. Yeah. Rather than an, an elemental supernatural ghost force or whatever. Um what did you think of it? What did you think of it? <laughs> so many people are like, it's so gory, and I'm like, Well, I guess it's gorier than She Hulk, but it's not that gory. I'm like, it's, a lot of people die. Yeah. It was good. I thought the black and white was a good choice. Um, did you like how it came through at the end? Yeah, when it's like, oh, here's the modern MCU because it's just a joke. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I liked it. It was good. It was, you know, it was interesting. It was perfect to be for like an hour. So, um, yeah, it was cool to have Man Thing in it and show up at the end and the, have the uh, connection between him and Jack. Jake? Jack. James. Jack. Jack, right? Well, you got all the J names. Throw yeah, it's John, Jack. Johnny. It's Jack. Jack Wolf. I, I think the interesting thing with it is to the idea that there are these kind of monsters and that monster hunting is such a big part of it. Uh-huh. You know, these other, you know, non-affiliated Avengers. Well, it sets up a lot of things. It I mean, sets up everything. It sets up Dracula. It sets up vampires. It sets up... Black Knight. Yeah, just all this kind of stuff. You get um, Merlin in now? I don't know if that's really a monster thing, but just the idea that there are people that are out there, that there are threats in the MCU that aren't that, you know, are not aliens or super powered, super geniuses and these things that have been there for a long time too. aliens, wizards or robots. Yeah. Just sort of like they're, they're supernatural. Obviously we know there's supernatural stuff there, but, but to have it be kind of laid out for you that there is a supernatural element on the earth that the MCU exists in. And they have these kind of monsters and they have people who, who go and kill them. Jack Russell. That's what his name was. The terrier, <laughs> um, a weird name to pick. It's a combination of two of the. When when he's supposed to be like Jack Kirby and, uh, well, Jack Russell Terrier is a real dog. No, I know that. 
That was weird. Which is the name Jack Russell for a werewolf. Yeah. <clears throat> um. No, I th- I wasn't disappointed in this at all. I thought it was no, it was, it was a lot of fun, and like I said, it's it's something where it's successful. It's like you can do this all the time. Oh, totally. You can take a lot of different things that you're like, I'm not going to do a whole show about Legion of Monsters right now. Yeah, but I can do this where I get some cool hunter characters, and I'm glad like they didn't do huge origins and all the stuff. We don't get like a massive backstory for the the stepmother for this, you know, the second wife or whatever. Uh huh. Um. I'm surprised that fans haven't screamed about Elsa not having red hair. That was my first comment I after everyone would be like, "Oh my god, just not correct." She because doesn't have the red hair. There was a shot of Lauren, uh, Laura uh, Dernan. Yes, no, not Laura Donnelly mm-hmm. with red hair. Um, at one time during this filming, and people thought that she was going to have the red hair. Well, they were it, wrong. Because at the end, when her, when the, the color comes back, I was like, "Oh, this is yeah. a little." Well, she has a red jacket, right? Or something. She has the like red that. jacket so. instead. Oh, Nort. Uh, it's, it's again. It Whoa, doesn't really matter. Camera angle is just. Well, that's the fans going crazy. It's kick the. Uh, is it camera? I don't know that one. I don't know that one either. <laughs> um. Anything else? I mean, I know that uh, New York Comic Con's going on this week. Yeah, I didn't see anything big from it. Marvel made some announcements about some big tie-ins with their comic books and stuff. I hate when they they put it out so far like that. It really is just sort of not letting writers be able to do what they want. I mean, we it was interesting though that they set it up like the MCU. Well, yeah, their graphic timeline. But the idea that you know, if you're working in the X office now, you got to work towards this. There's no organic to it. Really, you have this dark web that's coming. They brought Dan Slott back to to Spider Man. It seems like he's only been gone for a month. It doesn't um, seem like he's been gone long for that. No, and so they brought him and Mark Bagley back, and there's there's things that are happening in that one number one that released this week that are leading to Dark Web, and but you know I'm looking at the catalog for December, and yeah, it's like 20 pages of Dark Web comics. Jesus. Well, Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers run is uh, is it's run, getting ready it's, to end. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and there's there's crossovers that are in that. I didn't get the Avengers Forever comic that he just wrote. I just Summer of Symbionts. I thought we were done with that no, after the last never, one. You're never going to. The only thing that would make me feel like that would be okay is Al Ewing is writing that book now. I don't know if he's writing the Symbiote that one, but he's writing Venom, and I always like Al Ewing stuff. Um, it is weird to have that so close to King and Black. Yeah, you don't really have. I mean, you had Maximum Carnage. Which, oh, yep. Blech, barf. Remember Maximum Carnage? They they put out a whole toy line and everything. Maximum Carnage was fourteen issues. Yeah. Well, they made Secret Wars because of Toy Biz. Oh, sure. That's the thing that people always forget. They made a comic book because of the, the toy line was like, how do we make all these characters make sense? Like, here we're gonna take all the characters that you want to make toys of, and we're gonna put them on a planet and have them fight each other. Yeah. And that way, when the kids read that, and they read you know Thor versus Hulk, they'll go home like, I got a Thor toy. I got a Hulk toy. Bang 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 bang. bang. So. Captain America Cold War seems interesting though. I have not read Captain America, oh God, since Wade and Sammy did it. I never read Tanahishi's run and whatever the last run was. This, I know there's two Cap books now. There are. There's one with Steve. There's Steve one with, with uh, Sam. One with Sam. I'm not reading any of those. I mean, for Marvel, really, there's some X books, Thor, Punisher, and that's it. Yeah. Those are the only things I've, and even then, I haven't read Thor in forever. Then there's the Sins of the Sinister, which is a Mr. Sinister. There's a Mr. Sinister thing, and it leads to Fall of pro- the X. It's probably going to be the end of kind of Hickman's run of X-Men. Yeah. Or Hickman's era. He's not writing any of the X-Men stuff anymore, but they still have the Krakoa and all the things that he introduced. 
Yeah, Diaz had introduced. And so that'll probably be the reset for that. Because you got to kind of have to reset universes a lot. Because if someone comes in and is like, where do I start? Like, well, 1960. Like, That's not going to work. <laughs> well, even the Dark Web is a, you know, it's a Spider-Man X-Men crossover. Yeah, there's some X-Men books that are in it. Um, I don't know. I mean, some of the... Uh, I might be interested in some of them. It's... The events that they've had recently, because there's so many of them, there isn't anything that stands out to you like it used to. So that is true. That's that's the difficult part. I mean, they have a a x x i a x x x i, and it's not it's not a, a, a totally bizarre concept or e. That's what it's axed a x e. Yes. And the idea that the Eternals think that the mutants are deviants, so they go to kill the mutants, and the Avengers yeah. are in the middle, but read the first kind of start of it and I just sort it just didn't grab it. I was like, well, it's an interesting concept. This is taking too long. Um, so these kind of events don't really mean anything to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Where events, you know, even if I wasn't reading Avengers, I was still reading the event. You know, I was, re- I was only reading X-Men when Infinity Gauntlet came out. I got Infinity Gauntlet because it sounded interesting. Yeah. And I get these characters like, well, I know Captain America is, but I'm not reading his book. I know Thor is. I'm not reading his book. Yeah. I don't know who the hell Adam Warlock is, but when you read it, you figured it out. So it's just none of these kind of do it. The last event I think I read was an eternal event, and that was X of Swords, and it was awful. Yeah. And I liked the X books up to that point, but it was just they did all this stuff of them gathering these swords for this contest, and then half the contests aren't even done out or something happens really quick. And then there's like a break in the middle where they're all having like coffee or something. What the hell is this? <laughs> I was so disappointed in it. I was like, and I've gone back. You know, when I, when I was in the 90s, when I was reading X-Men, you got, you know, Executioner's Song, where Xavier gets assassinated, he gets shot with a techno-organic bullet, and Apocalypse right. has to save his life, and everything. And I read that, I was like, yeah, I remember this. I remember, you know, this to this, and, and chapter to chapter. But man, X of Swords was awful. It was awful. I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to do this anymore. And so it's just, it's been tough, because you've got Dark Crisis of the Multiverse, or whatever it is, or in Dark Infinite whatever they did with the death of justice league. And it's another, you know, all the, all the worlds are going to get destroyed because someone has this power and he needs these dead justice leaguers to do it. And I just, and I know oh. people have liked it, but I'm just sort of like, I just, you know, I don't care. And then DC does, does things like, you know, Tom Taylor's writing Nightwing and everyone loves that first arc. They released it in hardcover, which is prohibitively expensive. The soft cover won't come out until, um, it won't come out for a year and a half after the first part of it. So it's, it's, you can barely sell it. And it's just like decisions like that decisions. Now you have a tier for DC online universe, whatever the, the digital one that yeah. you can pay for to get all your books only four weeks after it's released. And everyone keeps telling me I'm wrong when I say DC doesn't want to print comic books anymore, but every decision they make is like, we don't want to print comic books anymore. Right. Because you, you do something where you don't have the soft cover come out until 18 months after something that was a big deal. And a lot of people online are like, this is a good book and you should go get it. And you do that because then you look at it like, look, this, this was supposed to be a big book, but look at the sales. Look at the sales. Yeah. They're not very good. So we just shouldn't publish them anymore. We should just do it digital. Look at all these digital sales. Uh, I, we were talking about, you just made me think of something when you were talking about like, justice and all that with the DC. Um, 
the John John Diggle Arrowverse show Justice U is still happening. After all the everything else is being canceled in the in the Arrowverse and all that, all the stuff that got backgirled. Yeah, they're still wanting to do that <sighs> show. I said last week. I wonder because that is that a term we can use now because Netflix canceled Grendel. Yeah, even though most of it's been shot. And so I was like, oh, so did Backworld or did uh, Grendel just get Backworld? Is that a, can we use that as a as a um, as an adjective now? Well, the apparently the uh, I forget the guy's name that they were, got in there to be their uh, Kevin Feige. Already left. Well, he left because of the Batgirl situation. He's like, if you're going to do that for that, I, I don't want to be a part of this because I don't know what you're going to cancel of mine when we came up with it. I think it was more of he just. They didn't want him, and he didn't want to be a part of it. I don't know. Probably. It's all it's all a mess. I mean, everything they've done has been a mess for nearly a decade now. All right. So uh, even though they just announced that there might be a, a, Henry, Cavill, a Henry Cavill Superman movie. No. Every, <laughs> some idiot in one of the groups I'm in that showed this text message, and he's like, see, it's confirmed he's at the end of Black Adam. And it really is, you have no idea who these two people are. Right. And it's like, does does Henry Cavill Superman show up at the end of Black Metal? Yes. And I'm like, see, I told you. And I'm like, who is this? Like, what are you, are you, is this The Rock? Do you have The Rock's phone number? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure The Rock's not going to tell you yes or whatever, but there is a rumor that Henry Cavill Superman shows up at the end of yes. Black Adam. And it's fueled by the, the, the current trailer that says there's nobody on, on this, this earth who that, can stop yeah. me. And it's like, oh, Superman can stop him. No, he can't because he's made out of magic. Yeah. That was a whole big point. Shazam could fucking kill him because, and that's why I was like, use Black Adam for Justice League. Because you've got someone who can beat Superman if you give Superman the, the, the defense or the um, uh, weakness towards magic. Magic. But yeah, I, I, saw so that, I, I saw that, I uh, saw that he was supposed to be at the end of that. And then he, but remember he was supposed to come down from the rafters at San Diego Comic-Con. That was confirmed. But then it the was other, confirmed but by the, so many people. How'd that work out for you? The other thing was that Henry Cavill, uh, Gail Gadot, and uh, Ben Affleck were all in L.A. the same time they were doing pickup shots for the Flash movie. So because they were all spotted in I'm, L.A. that same considering day. Considering the Flashpoint fake movie or whatever we get, is going to end their thing. I could imagine them being in it as I a could, cameo. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. I don't think he's at the end of Black Adam. And we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Good for good for them. I, you know, that's the thing. But you're so desperate to have this one thing that's going to save your love of DC films. Well, I could see The Rock talking him into it. I could see Henry Cavill say, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I could too. You know, well, if I'm him, I played a brilliant Superman and they have fucked me six ways from Sunday. Uh-huh. Why would I go back? Uh huh. The only reason I'd, I'd go back and I'm like, do the Sony deal. Let 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 Marvel make a Superman movie with me in it. I'm in. <laughs> There's no way we're doing can that. Can Marvel make the DC movies? Yeah. Can Marvel make a Superman movie? Not all the DC movies. Just have them make a Superman movie. You know. All right. So anything else? I don't think so. Good, because on that note, because we want to get some dinner before <laughs> SNL. And that night we're going to wrap things up. Make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables on Twitter at Nerdables Show and on Instagram as Nerdables for Chris and me. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time.